Welcome to Cuisine Crossover, where we explore the diverse and delicious world of international cuisine in the Des Moines area and in the Midwest. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nora. And today we're excited to take you on a culinary journey to the southern United States. We're parked outside Flying Mango, a restaurant in Des Moines that has gained national recognition for its unique blend of southern style and Caribbean-inspired flavors. Lauren, what are your expectations for the food today? Well, um, what really caught my eye when I was first looking into this restaurant was its Caribbean-inspired flavors because it's not an international thing at all, but it has Caribbean-inspired flavors. So I wanted to see what aspect of that is present in their food and in their restaurant. I also found out that they were featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dive, which is a very popular show by Guy Fieri. If you don't know it, you definitely need to look into it. He's been featured on it so many times, probably like three times. So yeah, I want to see how the food is. We went in there like the other day. The food smells so good, so I'm excited to try it. I saw the ribs on their thing, and that looks so good like it was just drenched in barbecue sauce and just looks so good and then it had i think macaroni on the side mm-hmm. i'm kind of sad i can't eat it though because i'm allergic to pork i have options that aren't pork yeah but i stay forgetting that you're allergic to pork <laughs> so yeah i'll be trying the pork items today and nora will try things that aren't pork. i'll try those too i might try it for you guys you know, no don't do that it's not that deep but yeah so we're gonna go inside get a feel for the environment and introduce you to the owner and chef of the restaurant stay tuned to you guys Okay, so when you first pull up to Flying Mango, it's like this small parking lot since it's like not a big establishment. Um, And then it's like a couple stairs and you walk into the building. And then when you walk, it's a seating area, which you would think is like a dining area, but it's just like where you wait. Like the lobby? Yeah, the lobby. And then um, it's a really nice lobby, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then you... Continue walking towards the lobby, which is on the right, and then you go and you turn left, which leads you to the dining area, and it's a nice dining area. It's small, but it's really nice, and it's wooded. I like that. They had wood everywhere. Mm -hmm. I like wood furniture. And it was, like, kind of old-fashioned off of, like, first glance, but still... It was, like, old-fashioned, but not at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're with the times, but they still stay true to their old-fashioned times. <laughs> okay, rapper. <laughs> yeah, I'm so deep. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. we are here with our, the owner and chef of the restaurant. Here's Mike. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, uh, well, I'm been in this, we've been in this location a little, about 20 years, a little over 20 years, actually, just celebrated our 20th anniversary. We catered and did farmer's markets and big functions like that, the art festivals, uh, under the same name for seven years before we opened a brick and mortar. And the place, the menu is all about me. It's everything I like to eat. I don't sell a hamburger. I don't sell French fries. And so far it's worked. I grew up in a house where I knew what day of the week it was by what my mother was preferring for dinner. And that's the way my dad liked it. Wednesday was meatloaf. Sunday was homemade chicken and noodles. Friday was steaks. I knew what it was. And I got out of high school and I spent a lot of time in the South and a whole new world opened up to me that I had no idea existed. I think it's really cool that he has that background and he really like was in touch with that um, side of the world, like in the South. I could tell that it really impacted the way he saw life and the way he like went about 
um, cooking the food in his restaurant and all that. I think he's from like a, a small area, small town area where they're not even used to like the seasonings they have in Louisiana and stuff. Yeah. So I think it was interesting that he ended up studying and getting a lot of his ingredients and recipes from there. Yeah. So like we know like, oh, he really eats these things. He's not just pushing it out to the people. You know, I, I got down there and I've lived out of my car for an extended period of time. And this was 55 years ago. So it was a little safer to do then than it is now. Um, but I got down there and there was crawfish stands all over because when I first got down there it was in the spring and I grew up watching my brother use crawfish to catch catfish in the Cedar River in Waverly, Iowa. I had no idea people actually ate crawfish back then. Now I'm obviously well aware of it but and I learned uh, I learned about survival and foods I didn't know existed and um, just crazy total craziness and fell in love with everything uh, the culture the people you know i don't want to sound racist or anything but i was a 17 year old white kid touring the delta yeah. and there isn't many 17 year old white kids touring the delta and it's there's little blues juke joints where elderly gentlemen are just master at the guitar and singing without any amplification or microphones and you know it's just the locals hanging out there but i i was exposed to i fell in love with blues music i fell in love it's really it, the people that are closest to me are surprised i still live here haven't moved yeah, out there. Say, why did you come back <laughs> i'm still i'm still looking for the answer there um yeah that's probably where i'll you know as soon as i retire I'll, that's probably where i'll spend most of my time and right now i have a nine-year-old grandson who's the absolute joy of my life so i don't want to be a thousand miles from him because we still spend a lot of time together whenever yeah just bring it on over yeah. okay so the food has arrived um can you explain what's on Nora's dish? Uh, yeah, this is um, that's the coleslaw, and we we have a different homemade dressing here. It's kind of a honey mustard dressing versus a traditional coleslaw. That's a slice of brisket. And these are our cowboy beans, which would be the, a version of um, baked beans, but we use five or six varieties of beans and make them a little different. There's some jalapenos in there and some other fresh herbs and spices. Okay. And this is uh, our number two selling dish here in the restaurant. This is called What Guy Had. It's what Guy Fieri had from Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives the first time he was here. It's red beans and rice, ribs, and that's a smoked catfish cake, and that's a little side of collard greens. And over here, we've got a mango margarita and a ginger mango cocktail. It's really refreshing. It is refreshing. Good. That's what we like. So I also wanted to ask, um, why did you choose the name Flying Mango? Well, I've been a licensed pilot since I was 14 years old, and mango has been my favorite fruit since I was probably about 14 years old. Um, I used to, my parents used to stick me on a plane and fly to see my grandparents in South Florida. My grandma actually had nine mango trees in her backyard. And back then, and this is 50 some years ago, back then you couldn't buy a fresh mango in Des Moines, Iowa. They just, they just weren't here. So I fell in love with the fruit and I would eat every single piece of fruit off every tree in her yard <laughs> in the two or three weeks I would stay there. And then I would come back and be in mango withdrawal for the next year until they sent me back to Florida. And that was me with Jamaica. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, Caribbean food. I love Caribbean food. I, we had some more Caribbean dishes when we first opened. 
Unfortunately, they didn't sell as much as I would have liked them to. We still run some Caribbean features and stuff like that, but now we're pretty much barbecue and Southern. Okay, yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about that because on your website it said with a Caribbean twist, so I wanted right. to know what that meant. And I guess the dishes aren't here anymore, but what were the dishes? One of my favorite dishes that sadly didn't sell at all is a mango shrimp rundown. Uh, it's got mango nectar in it and turmeric, and uh, but it just wouldn't sell. I think it, I think a lot of the stuff that we've been doing the past 20 years, like when we first started selling grits here, nobody would buy them. Yeah. Collard greens, same thing. Now we can't hardly make them fast enough. You know, but I think most people, especially from Iowa, the first time they had grits was probably at a fast food place in the South somewhere. And most 99% of those places use instant grits. And, and instant grits versus real grits it's like instant mashed potatoes. Who wants those? Right. Nobody. So. So they just had like a preconceived like idea of what they. Right. Thought and it was you nice. know, they just didn't exist. I was that was a pure southern thing, yeah. and that's another one of the things I fell in love with. And you brought it to. I brought it back to Iowa. As you should. This food has been like tempting me. I want to try it. Oh, try it. I don't like coleslaw, but we're gonna see how. Yeah, it try the I'm making you eat it. He's forcing me against my will. <laughs> We make a homemade honey mustard dressing instead. Oh, okay. Like that. So it's, I make stuff the way I like it. Mm -hmm. This is good, actually. Okay. <laughs> See? <laughs> I like the ginger sauce. This is fish? That's catfish. Yeah, Ooh. I'm really excited to try this because I've never heard of catfish cake, right? Smoke, smoke catfish cake. Yeah. Okay. That's one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And we sell a million of them. Mm. The sauce is good. And that's my version of a romalad. Usually romalads are made with mayonnaise and I modified that and made it with some Creole mustard and some other modifications. Nice. Yeah, try your briskets. That'll be the best brisket you've ever had, I'll guarantee it. Oh. And this is barbecue sauce? Yeah, that's homemade barbecue sauce. It's got a little bit of kick to it. So, I'm not really familiar with like short ribs, but like the black part on the top, what's what's that's a that's a spicy rub that we make, um, and that we, we try and cook it at a hot enough temperature where it creates a bark. Okay. Technically, by barbecue definition, these would be Memphis-style ribs. That's cooked without, you know, some places cook them in a sauce, and these are cooked dry with a dry rub on them. Okay. And how, like, what's the process of cooking this? We just put that rub on them and smoke them for six or seven hours on a, out back in a smoker I made myself 27 years ago. And it's the same smoker you've been using for all these years? All of these years. Wow. This has a little bit of a kick to it. Yeah. I love There's that. a little bit of spice in the bar. Don't make me jealous. You won't think it's spicy. I feel like you, your pain, your um, spice tolerance is like through the roof. So yeah, the spice she's tasting so good. is on. The, it's the same rub that's on that wrist. Oh, oh yeah, so she doesn't feel it. Do you? No, it's not spicy. Exactly. Well, and that's that's probably a little thicker on the wrist than it is on the wrist. Um, yeah. Do you make the uh, brisket the same way you make the ribs? Uh, we, in the fryer? In the smoker out back. Smoker. Yeah, but we smoke that. The brisket smoked twenty four hours. Uh -huh. Wow, that's a long process. Yeah. 
Is there a reasoning for you opening the restaurant up at five? Right now we're just Wednesday through Saturday. Um, I value my weekends and family time. Me too. You know, this is a very social job and I deal with a lot of people and and I appreciate that and I love it. And I can't even begin to measure how many amazing relationships this place has brought into our life. Yeah. But I also really value solo time where it's just me and my truck and the stereo's turned up and the windows are down and we're going down gravel roads and seeing rural Iowa. You're an extrovert slash introvert because you yes. like to be by yourself. It's right. an extrovert and introvert. Where yeah. They like extra, to be uh -huh. social, but they like their... their I, I, I've I value my my solo time, but it gives me time to think about me and what wh wh where do I want to be next? Yeah. Or maybe it's not even thinking about me. Maybe I'm just appreciating the week I just came through. Right. Yeah. Need to like take that time and just appreciate life. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, several years ago, I spilled my guts in a Facebook post. I was sitting in a hospice room watching my little sister die. And I spilled my guts in a Facebook post. And I went back the next morning, like, this is not who I am. What was I thinking? And there was like 120 positive comments. And a friend of mine, Jonah Smith, who's played here a dozen times over the past 15 years or so, read it, cried for 10 days, didn't say anything about it, took six months and wrote a song about it and the song came out the song ended up winning an independent music award and it's just it, it, it's just another one of the here's a story you can't make up that happened to me because i'm in the restaurant so just him being just a genuine loving person in the restaurant business i think it's really cool how that's granted him so many so much love and support from other people all around the world and yeah I loved hearing about his story. It had an effect on me because he was like really, he was a good person. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't know. You just have to have those moments when you meet people when you know like they're sent from God. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's yeah. like an angel. What advice would you offer to aspiring restaurants or chefs? Love what you do. You you have to you have to love this business or it becomes more of a prison sentence. I love what I do. I've been very blessed and again beyond measure how many people this place has brought into our life. I mean who would have ever thought we'd be on the Food Network three times? You know, I had a story on the front page of the Washington Post that was back about the Ocala song written by Jonah Smith and we they did a feature on us in Southern Living magazine and it's just you know, just and now I'm doing this podcast with a couple of girls from Drake University. Yeah, because you sparked our attention. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell that this place is really is built on so much and it's so valuable. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so thank much. You for us, I, guess. I appreciate it. The food was amazing. Food is amazing. I'm gonna keep eating it. Do you like the brisket? Do I like it? Can I try it? Yeah. Okay, guys, we're back in the car after the dining experience at Flying Mingo. Lauren, what did you think about that? This personally for me is like totally out of my like eating like food tasting zone because like I was getting a lot of maybe like vinegar flavors from it. Basically, it's different, but a good difference. Mike was really nice. Mm -hmm. I've never met somebody like that before. So that was very, very, very refreshing. If you're ever in the Des Moines area, be sure to stop by Flying Mango. It's so good. But the delicious barbecue they have with this light Caribbean twist, I really enjoyed eating there. I think you guys would too. Okay, one, two, three. Be sure to tune in to our final podcast, which will be on video. Per.
I'm Lauren. And I'm Nora. And this is Cuisine Crossover. Cuisine Crossover. Cuisine crossover.